It's your girl, Six the Goddess, with episode four of African American. I feel like I've missed you guys. I feel like it's been a long time. So I'm happy to uh, be bringing you this week's episode. Um, so I had someone write me a message and they were like, oh, the, I don't understand why people um, like you or what you talk about. The things that you discuss are basic things that everybody knows. It's common knowledge. You ain't saying nothing new, you know. So I'm, 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 I'm listening to this message from this sister, and I wanted to address it because I feel like maybe if that sister feels that way, there might be someone else that feels that way as well. And so my first question to that is: basic information to who? To whom is this basic information for? See, I feel like the, the reason why I don't want to be given a title of conscious or anything like that is because it seems like people, you know, when they reach this quote unquote level of consciousness, they feel as though they are um, better than their brothers or sisters. This is not a race that we are in. This is a journey. It is a journey where we all are recovering. We are healing. Um, This is not a matter of, oh, I know more than you and you're so dumb for not knowing what I know. And, you know, that's just not the way this works. That is so it's so destructive and counterproductive. And that's not how I want to get down. So when you say that things I say are basic, you know, at one point there may have been a time where you didn't know these quote unquote basic things. Okay, we are all learning and growing together. I never want to sound condescending or smarter than anyone else. You also have multiple people that can have the same message, but deliver it differently. And some people just happen to have that gift where they might know how to articulate things in such a form where people can understand. There's a lot of people in a conscious community that they want to teach and they get in and they use all these big words and big examples and talk about things that everyone might not be familiar with. And so you lose people and people give up because nobody wants to feel stupid. Nobody wants to ask a question that they feel like, you know, might not be something that needed to be asked or that some might look down on them for asking. You want people to always feel comfortable and feel open to learn from you. We're all learning from each other. And and when you say my information is basic, I'm like, you know, are we acting as though the average black child in this country is freely given information about their history and their culture and about themselves at all see you don't know what you don't know so unfortunately which was a story for myself and many others um and amongst our people is that you really can go your whole life without obtaining any kind of basic information about who you are What kind of mindsets are necessary to survive in the system that is set up today? Why do we act like this information is just staring us in our face? Because it's not. It is all things that you have to go looking for. And like I said before, if you don't know what you don't know, then how do you know to look for this? So my my niche in this whole game is 
to take this journey with each other. I want to hold the hands of my brothers and sisters and, and bring everyone with me. Everyone who is willing to go. Now, if you're simply not willing to learn and you're stuck in your mindset, then that's a choice you have made and I will leave you behind. But any one of my brothers and sisters that want to learn, just like we are all learning, I will never turn my back on you and I will never look down on you. And I never want anyone calling anything I say basic because I have people that come to me on a daily basis and say, you know what, sister, I never thought of it the way you said it. You know what, sister, you mentioned this and it totally changed the way I looked at this or that. So I don't care if this reaches one person and, and, and if the words that I say heal one of our people, I feel like I've accomplished what I wanted to accomplish. Anything more than that one person is extra. You have to understand the basics to understand the advanced. So, you know, I just want to dead that. You know, if anybody else got any pressure they want to get off their chest, it's whatever. So in our show, African-American, you know, I really want to strive to discuss things that are relevant in our day to day. So I am going to start, you know, discussing certain current events that are going on in the entertainment world and the political world just to get some different perspective, my perspective um, on certain things that have been going on lately. So I wanted to discuss Kodak Black and it's crazy because I was discussing him on my Instagram a few days ago and people were commenting and they're like, why are you supporting him? Why are you supporting him? And I'm like, sister, this is not a 45, 50 year old man who is set in his ways. This is a child. This man is 20 years old. Okay. So anytime that we as a people have an objection to someone within our race, speaking up for any one of our youths, you are adding to the problem. Um, me speaking on Kodak Black is not necessarily a supporting of him specifically. It's just that if everyone knows this man and his story is public, then what a great example to use. But don't get it twisted. There are many Kodak Blacks within our own communities. Now, for me, I'm, I'm hood. I've never you know, been in them bougie situations, like I'm hood, I see the way the hood works, uh, you know, for myself, this is not, you know, something that someone has told me or researched to me, like, I've been around the drug dealers, strippers in the hood, in the trap, so I am speaking on things that I have seen, this is, and it's funny, because it's like, when you come from a certain place, or when you have a certain past, people want to discredit you when you want to teach, and it's like, you know, those are the teachers you want. You want the people that have been in them trenches because now they're speaking from experience. This is not something they read in a book. You know, this is real life shit. So I, you know, I don't ever want to be criticized, you know, for where I've been or what I've done because everything I've seen has made things 10 times clearer to me. So with this, uh, this situation with Kodak Black, I, the, the reality is, there is no winning in this system. This judicial system, this system of government has been engineered from the jump to be against us. I think we can all agree on that. Now, that is something that we all know. That is not something that is a secret. That is plain to see. 
So the only way around this, the only way to survive this, honestly, is to completely stay as far from it as humanly possible. The only way to avoid creating more Kodak Blacks is, in my opinion, the first step is to remove your children from the public school system. The public school system is railroading our children. Did you know that majority of teachers are married to police? So this person that is in charge of your child, you know, for eight hours a day, in charge of everything they learn, nine times out of 10, they in their mind have negative stereotypes about our children, preconceived notions about our children. They're going off of what their police as husbands are telling them when they get home from work. They already have certain ideals they've been programmed to believe that, you know, fit the narrative for our young black boys and girls. So if we want to stop the problem from the root, get your kids out them schools, get your kids out them schools, the, these Kodak Blacks. That's how it starts. It starts with you're in school and every time you quote unquote misbehave, you're in ISS. Just training you to be detained and locked up for misbehavior. And then it becomes normal to these children. And then what happens is they no longer fear losing their freedom because they've been losing their freedom since kindergarten. Okay. It's a conditioning of the mind. It's a conditioning of the mind. So... I want to encourage homeschooling. I want to, we're about to discuss how homeschool works because this is something they do not teach us because they know that this is the key. So it's like G14 classified, but we're going to go ahead and go into that because like I said, I feel as though this is like the panacea for half of the, or all of the issues that we have going on. So let's discuss that. Now, if we talk about culture and what culture does for a child, you will know that culture is the blood of our children. Okay, without culture, guess what becomes the culture of our children? Hip hop, video games, that becomes the culture for our children. And as we already know, that is leading them nowhere. Culture allows a girl to know what her jobs are as a woman culture is a guideline for boys to learn when it is time to turn into a man rites of passage responsibility what culture does is it gives you something to be responsible to it is like an outline for life so in order to instill culture in your children it's a it's you not only have to program them to follow their culture but you have to deprogram them from the culture they are surrounded by in their everyday lives so what we have done in our homeschool is um, we have a lot of us that are teachers you know that have went to college have their licenses have their degrees and have issues finding uh, you know positions in the teaching world have difficulty finding positions where they're going to get paid enough to pay their bills. So what you'll want to do is you'll take the salary, the yearly salary of a teacher, divide that up monthly, divide that up weekly, 
and then divide that amount by however many students you have chosen to put into this school. This is very important. Homeschool does not mean one child or one family teaching their children at home. I registered Elijah as a homeschool student uh, in kindergarten. This is how easy it is. You go down to your local school board, your county school board, and you say, you go to the front desk and you say, I would like a form to register my child as homeschooled. They give you the form, you fill it out, hand it back to them, and you're done. That's it. There's no permission that you have to ask. There's no applications and waiting processes or fees. It is that simple. Once a year, you have to have a certified teacher sign off on an evaluation for the child, basically just saying that they're up to date on what they need to know, and you call it a day. You do not have to vaccinate your children for homeschool. You go down to your local health department and you ask for a religious exemption form. And what that means is that you are now able to um, refrain from vaccinating your children. Vaccines are not mandatory. So now you have your homeschool form. You have your um, vaccination exemption form. Now you are ready to form your homeschool program. This is something that is unofficial. Uh, now, the, the thing about a homeschool program is you have to sustain it yourself. So now, in for example, in our homeschool program that we have, there are 25 children in the school. Okay? This is not one or two kids sitting at home with no social skills. These children have been learning together for years. It also teaches them a sense of family, a sense of community. Um, in the morning time, the children do yoga. They do meditation. There is all healthy food served at the school. The children eat an all-vegan diet. The children are versed, the, the, the brothers are versed on how to drum. That is something very important for every African man to know how to do to drum. And the sisters learn to dance and they recite poetry. Our students, they travel, they get paid, they get booked to travel to perform. And then they make money and they are able to put that money in accounts to provide funding for, you know, field trips, supplies. Um, it's very easy. It's not as complicated as I think that people think it is. I, like I said, I've been doing it with my son since he was three or four years old. He is now nine. And that is the first step is to get their hands off of our children and to, and to avoid ever having their hands on our children at all. The less interaction your children have with that, the better. Okay. Um, and then you won't have to deprogram your children. So it's easy. It's recommended. Any questions you have, I'm always willing to answer them. So the important thing to remember is we don't have to ask permission to save our own children. Okay, we are not being constructive in calling our children stupid or dumb when the reality is there is a price on each one of our boys' heads and there is a system that is literally set up as a setup for them. So let's just talk about jail, prison. Let's just be real for a second on what it is and what its purpose is. So we look at the example, like we said earlier about Kodak Black, who has 
I think I was reading an article that said his first time being incarcerated was 13 years old or something like that. And, you know, at some point we have to stop and look at the patterns that are going on here. Um, I have people I know personally where, you know, on their first offense, I mean, this is the first time I've ever seen inside of a prison cell. They are given the maximum amount of years for that crime. Um, What happens to someone's mind when it is institutionalized? Is that even a real thing? Is it something that's made up? Is it someone who's just weak? Like, what does it mean for someone's mind to be institutionalized? How does it happen? And the first thing to remember about institutionalization is that the younger that you are incarcerated, the 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 better it works. The younger you are incarcerated, the more prone you are to having an institutionalized mind. Because what it does is it creates a dependence upon that institutionalized um, structure. So a child who already has not had enough life experience of making their own decisions, trusting their own judgment, making tough choices, Since they have not lived to do things like that yet, and then you put them in an institution before they can even develop those qualities, guess what happens? They never develop them. Okay? And if you never develop that sense of trusting yourself to make your own decisions... Not being afraid of change, not being afraid of travel, of communication, of other people. If you have not developed that, because the reality is that is something that takes developing. One of the hardest things to do is to speak in front of a group of people or, you know, be in large crowds or stepping outside your comfort zone. These are things that are very health that are very difficult even for healthy adults to do. So when you stick a child in a cage so young before they've even had the time to spread those wings to learn these qualities, what happens is that more times than not, they never develop that. And then we kind of can't expect, well, I'm not going to say we kind of can't expect, we can't expect for the system to offer our children rehabilitation. We cannot expect for the system to offer our children counseling, help and support. I mean, clearly that's just not going to happen. So if we look at what happens in the hood, like in the hood, you know, you got the young niggas, you got the OGs. And I'm just like, listen, if you selling dope or you stripping, you supposed to be doing that so that your next generation coming up won't have to. But if you are a stripper that is like, you know, like training other strippers, Or if you're an OG drug dealer that is like giving advice and guidance to the next generation to also sell drugs, you are part of the problem. You know, we we've been sold this 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 bullshit of, oh, I got to sell drugs to take care of my family. We've been fed that line so long. We're tired of it. That's bullshit. What it's really going to, the reality is you got to sell drugs if you want to, you know, impress hoes and have the jury and the drip. That's when you got to sell drugs. But that's not the only way. So I would say that um, a big part of it is going to come from our kids getting support from us. We cannot condone 
the behavior or guide them in this behavior because if we do not counsel them and support them, nobody will. Okay, this is our duty to our nation as a people. Point blank, period. So I hear, you know, quote unquote OGs like encouraging the kids like, you know, like, oh, you know, y'all niggas ain't no killers. Y'all niggas ain't no, y'all ain't never been to the Fed. Y'all ain't never. And I'm sitting in the back like, what are y'all doing? Okay, so now this system has, you know, been set up to trap our kids. And then our own people, the really the only people that they have access to in their communities, the ones they look up to, you're encouraging them to do the things they do. This is counterproductive as well. This is adding to the problem as well. The fact that we have some of our own people like criticize other men for not wanting to kill their own people or not wanting to sell bricks or not ever going to the feds. The fact that there are brothers getting criticized for not doing that is just sick. That goes to show how that institutionalized mentality, even when they grow into adults, even when they get in their 40s or 50s. It's almost like they can't shake it. It just becomes their whole reality, which is another side effect of an institutionalized mind. It is the implementation of those institutionalized tendencies in everyday life, even after release. And so that's what happens. So what we kind of have to do is, like I said, to me, number one, get our kids out of the public school system. And number two, set up our own forms of rehabilitation for our children Um, The people that our children look up to in the neighborhood need to kind of take an ego, take their ego aside and realize that the things they've been encouraging is wrong. I think that that's very difficult for people to say the way I've been living is wrong. The things I have been encouraging is wrong. Even in the latter days of my dancing, when I started to really understand why this lifestyle was wrong, I stopped like posting anything about it because I'm just like, I don't want these girls to feel like I'm training them or encouraging them. And so I kind of encourage like if you're an older man and you still, you know, in the streets, then that's your business. I can't make you do anything. However, we do not want to promote this lifestyle. You know, this lifestyle is already promoted in order to be our children's demise. You know, and at some point, we as adults have to be the ones to put that foot down and say, all right, this is where it stops. Because if you could sell dope, you can run a business. Okay, if you could sell dope and make money and duck the police and do all that, then you can earn a legit business. Encouraging our children to kill each other is crazy to me. Because what's so funny to me is like, you know, the brothers will size each other up, be ready to shoot each other because... He fucked your bitch or stepped on your shoes or hated on you or took some money from you. Like be ready to straight murder one each other, one one another over things like that. But then, you know, we got these Cracker Jacks that are like systematically chopping our heads off and, and, and coming after our children. And you know what niggas do when they see the crackers? Run. (laughs) When they, when they come to your own brothers, you know. Y'all got to puff your chest out and prove who going to kill who first. Then the crackers pull up and y'all literally run like bitches. 
you know so who is the real man in this situation it's the ones that got you shaking in your boots so the fact that you know the brothers are not more upset at how they are railroading our kids just goes to show how that institutionalized mind works in their eyes that's just the way it is it's like they don't even know any different they don't even know uh you don't have to do any of this You know, so it's very important to get your kids around healthy-minded adults. You know, like I said, if you are an adult in the game, you know, grow up, okay? Stop encouraging our children. Stop encouraging our children to take, you know, to partake in a lifestyle where you already know what's going to happen, okay? The kids need representation. Our kids need rehabilitation when they make mistakes. That's inevitable. I feel like brothers like Kodak Black need healthy adult male guidance needs someone to watch his back you know when they get in trouble young they need brothers to show them another way we have to show them another way we cannot laugh at them and further damn them to hell like the cracker jacks are doing so you know every week i give y'all homework so that's your homework for this week is to reach out to kids in your community and help with your own rehabilitation of your own children So I know that um, by now, on another note, we have all heard the story about Monique, you know, and everything that happened where, you know, she made a video asking for us to, you know, boycott Netflix because they did not pay her what she felt that she should be paid. And I sat back because it was it to me, I found it very interesting to kind of watch the way that our people would react to what she said. I like, like once again, I'm an observer. I love to sit back and just watch humans do what they do so that I can make note of that and observe patterns and come to my own conclusions based off of what I see personally on a consistent basis. So when I when I saw the video Monique made, I was like, this is going to be interesting to see, you know, how this plays out. And what happened was everyone pretty much tore her to shreds. Okay, it's amazing how programming works because what happens is you don't even think twice at how you react to your own people. You know, you don't even think twice. Once you've been programmed in a certain way, Monique did not look like a black woman to you. She just looked like someone that you could rag on. We forget who she is still. So now that we have drugged her for coming forth and expressing how she felt what's gonna happen to the next black woman who really is not being paid equal fair amount is she's now going to hesitate i mean highly hesitate to come forth and say anything this, the thing about this is the thing about how white people operate. I could be talking about the crackerest of crackerjack slave owner bigot crackers ever. I could be talking about them. And when I call them crackers, white people will be like, well, you know, you don't have to call them that now. <laughs> like we could be talking about the most disgusting slave owner disgusting bigots ever and white people will still be like well you know I understand that what they did is wrong but you know you don't have to call them cracker okay and the important lesson to learn is that right or wrong you stand by your people even if you disagree with 
What they say or do, you do that behind closed doors. The fact that, and, and the crazy part about it, it was, it was mostly black men. I mean, niggas was doing whole videos, ripping her to shreds, calling her names, embarrassing her, breaking her down. And I'm like, okay, so what I saw is a sister who felt confident enough that she could come to her people and express the way she felt. You know, she said no lies. She said she was the most decorated comic alive, which is true. If you look at the amount of awards she has compared to anyone else, she's right. She didn't say she was the best. She said most decorated. You know, no one even stopped to really listen to what she was saying. Everyone just jumped on her neck immediately. You know what I'm saying? So this sister came forth and trusted us to, you know, express herself and look at what she got. And the, we don't look at the bigger picture here that there are many other Moniques out there as well. There are many black women out there because you got to look at it. First of all, they say it's a man's world. Then it's a white man's world. And then the so then us as women and us as being black. My God, I mean, we last on the list. I mean, we way on the back burner, which is why it's so important for us to empower each other because Black women, my sisters, we are last to be served. We are the last to be served. This is why black sisterhood is so important. So instead of, even if you disagree with Monique, as, as opposed to just shutting the fuck up or even talking about it privately, you know, as family, amongst family, everyone's solution was to like do a public beheading of Monique. And I just wanted to bring attention to that because these are the examples of why we have issues, you know, when we solidify because people say, well, look how you treat each other. And when we give them that ammunition, you know, it just makes it easier. So before we react to any one of our sisters or brothers and things that when they're expressing how they feel or looking for our support, think about how it makes others like them feel. And that should help dictate your responses. So as y'all know, I'm here in Orlando, Florida. So this weekend we had the Pro Bowl weekend and I um, stepped out and, you know, to enjoy some festivities, to let my hair down. I work hard. I'm up with that. So I was like, you know what? Let me just, you know, let my hair down for a second. And it's funny because I look at our brothers and I realize something. A lot of brothers were never really taught, like, how to take care of a woman, like, how to love a woman, you know? So I want to start on this show talking more to our brothers just on how to love us, you know, because we as black women, we want your love so much, like, we need it, like, we need love from each other, but... I feel like as women, like, we are trained so much on, like, okay, this is how you be a woman, this is how you be a lady, this is what you got to do for your man, but it's, like, we're not really training and programming, like, you know, our brothers to do the same thing, so I'm going to tell y'all a little story, you know, so I'm out this weekend, and I was meeting up with my homegirl, and I was having a hard time finding her. Um, because side note, I'm blind as hell. Like I am legally blind. I can't see nothing. Um, I recently just got a consultation about LASIK and, um, I'm definitely going to get that. But in the meantime, I'm blind 
And I was having a hard time finding my friends. So I just was like, well, let me just go to the bar. I can see the bar. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, let me just go to the bar, you know, give me a drink. So I'm there and, and I'm trying to get the bartender's attention. And then uh, a brother comes up behind me and he like, you know, kind of exudes that masculine power and gets the bartender's attention for me. And at that moment, I just felt like he had my back. And that is such a good feeling. Even though it's something that might seem so, you know, basic or something so simple, it just felt like, ooh, he had my back. So he gets the bartender's attention for me. And then he was like, um, you know, go. He was like, go ahead and let her know what you want. So I ordered my drink. You know, he paid for the drink for me. And then he just started talking to me. You know, he was asking my name. He wasn't treating me weird or different. He wasn't being creepy. He was just simply talking to me. He was not being pushy or coming off as lame. Like he's, you know, trying too hard or running game. He just talked to me. He just made me feel safe. He made me feel like he had my back. And he talked to me like a regular person. And I just wanted to you know, share with the brothers, like how far that goes. Now, unfortunately, there's a lot of sisters who have been programmed to kind of just be all about money and flashiness. But those are superficial things that hopefully a majority of sisters eventually grow out of. But, you know, brothers, there are so many good sisters out here. And when it comes to dating, I just want you all to keep in mind that, you know, we're all growing and learning together. When you take control as a man then as a woman you just naturally fall into into place and it's not something that is extremely complicated like I said this brother saw my need saw that I was trying to get this this person's attention but couldn't saw what I you know I wanted something to drink he just fulfilled my needs had my back even in such a simple way and it, it made my response to him just be completely different You know, there was no corny game being spewed or, you know, anything that seemed too thirsty or anything like that. Like, there is so much power, brothers, and just talking to us. Like, ladies, if you have any stories about a man that approached you the right way, you know, I want you to DM me on Instagram and um, share your stories with me. Because, man, I just, that was so refreshing to me. So, you know, brothers, I'm always open as well. If you ever want to have dialogue about women and, you know, what we need and what we like. I love talking about stuff like that because, you know, like I said, the reality is it's not an art form that is necessarily pushed on our brothers. So I feel like it's kind of our job as women to be like, all right, okay, so ain't nobody going to tell (laughs) y'all. You know what I'm saying? We're going to go ahead and tell y'all so we can just get all this clear, get all this situated. Now, let's talk child support. You know, this week's show, we being random this show. We just talking about, we just having all kind of tea. We just talking about all kind of stuff on this show. Let's talk child support. I was looking at the shade room and I'm looking at this fight going on between Fetty Wap and one of his like 18 baby mamas, Alexis Sky. And I was just looking at some posts that she put up about him and she just sounded so hurt and so angry. And we have to just take a step back because this shit is starting to get out of control. We have to take a step back and look at what happens here. Okay, so 
I hear brothers all the time be like, oh, there's there's good, you know, good brothers out there that be on child support. And, you know, why should a good man have to go through that? And this is this is what I want to say. Whenever we try to play God, a.k.a. play nature, so to speak, it never comes out in our favor. It just doesn't. Okay, this is the cycle, the back and forth cycle on how um, having children outside of marriage affects both parties. Now, in my opinion, you are not a good man if you get a woman pregnant that you know damn well you don't want to marry. Okay, the re- once again, we are putting aside our egos and we are being honest with ourselves. The reality is. That majority of men that got a woman pregnant, got a woman pregnant where he knew damn well he was not going to spend the rest of his life with this woman. Because you know what? If he was going to marry this woman, if he was going to spend the rest of his life with this woman, he would have. Now, as women, we get, you know, kind of the crucifixion on certain situations because we supposedly put ourselves in them. For example... If a man invites you to his hotel room at 2.30 in the morning, but he's like, oh, I want you to come over to, you know, play Uno or watch Netflix. (laughs) It's cool. You know, okay, that's what he's saying. But we all know what he's really thinking and really expecting if he's inviting you to his hotel room at, you know, 2 a.m. You can't get there and then be like oh my god I'm so shocked like he said it wasn't like that like okay you know that's what he said but at some point you know we gotta read between those lines so it's like as a man okay sex don't start until that did get hard okay we talk about the power to pee but we don't think about the power to d the man is the starter Okay, you could put some Vaseline on that pussy and fuck. However, if that dick don't get hard, ain't no fucking going down. Okay, first of all, the only way I feel as though a man can quote unquote accidentally get a woman pregnant is if he was drugged. Okay, but any man of of sound mind, you are in control when it comes to having your penis get hard inserting your penis in that vagina without any protection and then further ejaculating inside that vagina i don't care if she told you she on birth control it's so funny niggas would be like oh i don't trust these bitches until it's it's time to raw dog one or until, until it's time for her to tell you oh it's okay i'm on birth control then suddenly you're trusting these women that you don't even know like that with your life because the reality is, majority of the time, men that get a woman pregnant and end up going through hell, nine times out of ten, they got a woman pregnant. They did not know that well. They did not spend enough seasons with this woman to really figure out who she is, what she stands for, what she is or is not prone to do, what level is she at as a woman. Okay, because if you had found all that out, and if you and if you and if you liked what you found once again you would have did what you would have married her men do what they want to do we all know this if a man a man wants to do something he will if he has not done it he simply does not want to 
So as opposed to complaining about child support, we need to first address these men and decisions they are making on which women to get pregnant and what happens when you bring a child into this world in an unnatural situation. As you can imagine, it never ever ends well. So just like the woman where she's invited to the hotel room at 2 a.m., even though the man might say it's just to watch Netflix, you know damn well what it's really for. It's the same when it comes to having children. As a man, put your ego aside and be honest with yourself for a second. Has any woman ever said, you know what? It's always been my dream to bring a child into this world for a man and then just be his baby mama and have him have me only be allowed to call him if it's in regard to the child and have him get with another woman and completely disregard me like I never mattered to him. Said no woman ever. As a man, you have got to be real with yourself and say, listen, no matter what a woman says, giving a child, bringing a child into this world, bring, giving a child to a man is the greatest honor that any woman can bestow upon a man. And if you think for a second that after bestowing that honor upon you, that any woman in this world is going to be cool with just being thrown away, like, well, thanks for my kid now. I don't fuck with you. Don't talk to me unless it's had to do with my child. If you think that any woman, if that's ever going to end well for you, you're crazy. You're crazy. See, men have a natural instinct to want to procreate. Okay, there are a lot of men that procreate because they just want to bring those kids into the world. They just want to see what those kids look like. They're not understanding that these are real human beings born by another real human being. So as a man, I don't consider you a quote unquote good man. If you bring a child into the world with a woman that you don't want to be your wife, I find it to be abusive. I find it to be abusive to have this woman go through these pains and labor to bring this child into this world when you knew before you nutted in her that you would never marry this woman. And that is the story too many times. And then we have these baby showers and the baby showers don't replace the weddings. And you have a baby shower and that baby shower is that woman's attempt to unify with this man in some way. The most important thing to remember is that what people say and what people think are two separate things. Okay, so now there's also another adverse effect to this. It kind of goes back. So now the woman is hurt because regardless of what she said, whether she was cool with it or not, she is hurt. Now, some women are able to deal with that hurt and still be cordial and co-parent. And that's great. But majority of women are traumatized by pain like that. Okay, um, now, now you had a child together. Y'all are not together. You're not married. Now, there's another nigga around your kid. Now, as a man, it is extremely unnatural for a man to bring a child into this world and then be okay with another man around your kid more than you are. Because now she lived with her new boyfriend, you know, so now your kid, this other man is, you know, your kids are waking up to his face. And he getting your kids breakfast in the morning and getting ready for it. That is unnatural as a man. It is normal for a man to have children and take pride in caring for them. Okay, so don't think that having these kids doesn't negatively affect you as a man too. As a man, the way it has always went in history is the only way another man was taking care of a man's child is if he died. Not that 
he lived down the road and his kids are living with the next man. So now what happens is subconsciously it breaks you down in your masculinity. You didn't think about that part. You thought that pussy was good and you ain't want to pull out. Now you have this baby and it is what it is. But you're not looking at you are attacking your own manhood when you do that. You are attacking your own manhood by having that woman in the home with another man raising your children. Now it's eating away at you inside and you don't even realize why. You don't even realize why you feel the way you feel. I don't really care about this woman. You know, you clearly you didn't because if you did, you would have married her. This, she's clearly you don't want to be with her because if you did, you would. Okay, we never get to abuse someone without getting abused back. That is just the way that it works. Now, I know me as a woman, can't no other woman be around my kids. And I feel that so strongly as a female. Okay, my child, I am the only one he will look to as God. I am the only one he will look to as the one who brought him into this life, sustains his life, feeds him, cares for him. And that's me as a woman. So I can only, if men want to be honest with themselves, I can only imagine how... It eats away as a man to be in that situation. If it affects me this hard as a female. So then this is where child support comes into play. I will say this first. Okay. The court systems give extreme favor to a man that was number one married to the mother of his child before conception. Okay. Now. The, the court has no sympathy for men that have baby mamas. It's not respected. Okay. It's not even acknowledged. There is no single married baby mama. Baby mama, baby daddy is not even relevant. So the way the court system works is you didn't even respect yourself as a man to have children with a woman who wanted to marry you first and vice versa. So therefore you need to pay up. It, we can we can be mad about it all day, but that is the way it works. Men, it is, you look at the numbers, men who are married to the mother of their children gain more favor if and when it comes to child support because sometimes it won't even come to that. Sometimes since they were married, it is just a mediation agreement that is made up. You know, there's no garnishing of the paychecks or, you know, holds on licenses. This is none of that. If you were married to that woman, the court will show you favor nine more times than not. Okay. Saying that marriage does not mean that, you know, it will, it will keep a family together. So you, uh, you know, marriage doesn't mean you'll stay together. So therefore we should, shouldn't get married. (laughs) That's like saying, well, putting your seatbelt on doesn't mean that you'll survive. So we're just going to go 100 down this icy road and not put it on. No. Okay, nothing in life is guaranteed. But what it does show is that you tried. It does show that you put forth the effort. So that's the number one bullshit stigma we have to put to the side is that marriage doesn't guarantee. Yes, it does guarantee a lot. And it does cover your ass to let you know that you tried your best. But if you don't even try your best, how can you get mad at the outcome? Okay, so now what has happened in these situations is, you know, having children out of wedlock. Now, the woman's womanhood has been attacked because once again, now she has brought this gift into the world to a man that is unappreciative of it and did not reciprocate that gift by giving her the gift of his last name. 
It's a reciprocity thing. So now her womanhood has been attacked, whether she realized it or not, whether she admits it or not. Now you are separated. Another man is raising your children. Now your manhood has been attacked. We all know that it takes hundreds of dollars per month to raise a child. Hundreds of dollars. Okay. So if you know that there is, this is the way to me that child support should work. Child support should work that you either share 100% 50-50 custody at all times. Meaning he is with mom half of the time exactly and dad half of the time exactly. And the man should be resp- man or woman, whoever it is, should be responsible for maintaining that 50-50 custody at all times. So the agreement should be that you're either going to keep this child equal times or you pay child support. Now, what I don't like to see is you know, a man that is actively involved, you know, equally half and half with the other parent and then still has to pay child support. Because if if she's keeping the kid half the time and you're keeping the kid half the time, why is one person paying the other person anything? At that point, that 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 stops being child support. It's more mom support. But the reality is majority of men are not going to keep their kids half of the time. They're not with that. That's against a man. Once again, it's against a man's like natural instinct. You know what I'm saying? Most men are not going to like be doing their daughter's ponytails every morning and making breakfast and making lunch and picking them up from school and taking them to dance practice. Like a majority of men are providers. They're making money. They don't have time to be doing all that. So I know a majority of men would rather, you know, just pay the child support because they know that they are not going to give that equal 50-50 help in raising that child. And that's just the reality. And that's fine. But as long as you're making a way to somehow make this broken family, you know, I guess make the best of the situation as you can. So if you know that this is money that you're going to have to pay out to sustain this child every month anyway, then what is the problem with being on child support? It is what it is. These are one of the things that you have to deal with when you have a child unmarried because men damn sure do it to women. I don't even complain about my baby daddy anymore because all people told me was, well, you chose them. Well, you laid down with them. So us as women, we are, you know, we are, we are, we are forced to be uh, given that full responsibility of our decisions. So men that complain about child support, I'm like, well, you chose her. You chose this. So if you know that this money has to get paid out monthly to sustain your child, what's the problem? You know why? Because once again, that man's manhood has been attacked at this point because now you've come after his wallets. Another man is making his child breakfast in the morning. So the reason why they don't want to pay the child support usually be for two reasons. One, because now he subconsciously resents the mother. Because in his mind, whether he realized it or not, he is blaming her for what he is feeling. Okay? When the reality is, like I said, unless you're drugged, no woman forced you to give her a baby. And you can't be that much of a duck where women can, like, finesse you out your sperm. So now his manhood's attacked. The second reason is a lot of men don't want to be on child support because they be like, well, you know, what if a nigga go through some hard times, you know? What if a nigga go through a month where he can't pay? What exactly does that mean? Because I can say that me personally, I have had my son's father say the, the same thing to me before. Like, oh, I don't got it right now. And it's like, oh, I'm sorry. I guess I just have to have it, huh? You know what I'm saying? You got to pay your child support every month. That child got to eat every day. Okay? Because as the as the custodial parent, 
You cannot have your child come to you and be like, mommy, I'm hungry. And tell your child, my check was a little short this month, son. There's no dinner tonight. No, you got to figure it out. You got to find a way, honey. Child support is not optional. That is not the bill that you pay if you happen to have enough after your paycheck. (laughs) These kids got to eat every day. They got to have medical care. They got to have clothes on their back every day. They got to have sports, entertainment, activities, you know. So I don't understand. To me, if I had a child and I was a man and I was unmarried, I want to be on child support. That way I know. That every dollar that I'm paying towards my child is accounted for. I have receipts that I'm financially providing for my kids. The only time a man got a problem with child support is if, like I said, he kind of resents the mother in some way and it just eats him alive. Because men value their money the way women value their vagina. Okay, so it eats him alive because once again, his manhood has been attacked and he doesn't even realize how his manhood has been attacked. So now he resents this woman and he don't want to pay this child support. And now she resents him. And the child support is the only thing that she has left because she wants to hurt him the way she's been hurt because you used and abused her womb. Now she knows the only way to hurt you back is to use and abuse those pockets. And that's how it works. So now she hurts you and you hurt her back. And you have those rare instances where two parents are able to co-parent. And I am happy when that happens. But nine times out of ten, when parents are able to co-parent, they knew each other very well before the children. They had developed a bond and a love for each other before those kids came into the picture. Okay. I'm to the point in my life where if you're single and pregnant, I'm not saying congratulations. I ain't coming to your baby shower. I don't give a damn where you were registered at. I don't care. What am I congratulating? Okay. If you are not ready to marry this person and spend the rest of your life with this person, you are not ready to have a child with them. A child is not an 18 year agreement. It is a lifetime agreement. When that child graduates high school, he will want both his parents there. When he gets married, he will want both his parents there. When he graduates college, he will want both his parents there as a lifelong bond. So if you look at that person and you're not 100% sure that you feel like you'd want to marry them and spend the rest of your life with them, you should not have kids with them. And like I said, the reality is more times than not, we had children with people that if we did have children unmarried, it was because deep down inside we knew that that person is not the motherfucker we want to spend the rest of our lives with. We can bullshit ourselves all we want to, try to blame the other uh, gender all we want to, but that is the fucking truth. That's why I just said everyone just needs to stop fucking for a second. <laughs> just stop fucking. Let's figure this shit out. I'm sick of hearing about child support. Nine times out of ten, you put yourself in a situation and then wonder why the system got to come into play because we fucked up our own family structures. You know, when it comes to our children, when it just comes to life, when it comes to us as a people, the key is always going to be family. And we support each other as a race family and then we support our immediate blood relatives. 
Okay, that's what it all comes down to. Whenever we step outside of the natural order of the black family, it never ends well. It always will end in child support and court systems and jail and imprisonment and institutionalized and pain. That is how the story ends every time. We never rearrange or restructure the black family and have it turn out well. That never happens. You know, the purpose of African American is once again to always bring light to the everyday, the day to day. Okay, I have a baby daddy. A lot of us have baby daddies, have baby mamas. But, you know, this is something that we have to reverse that this shit is okay. This shit is not okay. And I don't know, maybe sometimes we might feel torn. And the reason why we don't want to admit this shit is not okay, because maybe we feel like we're saying that our children are not okay. We love our children. True, of course. You know, I can't imagine my life without my son. But the reality is that our kids deserve better. They deserve the best. And the best is having two people decide that they want to spend the rest of their lives together before deciding on whether to bring another life into this situation. It is okay for us to say, hey, we've been doing this wrong and making those changes. I swear it's not going to kill you to put that ego aside. You know, it's not going to be the death of you. So, um, you know, the homework on this week's show is support, support of our children. You know, we did a lot of support of our children, support of our women. This is very do or die. Um, this is a horrible war that has been going on for centuries. And the only way to fight it is to be aware of it, what the war is for, what it's on. Um, so, so look at sisters. Practice your divine feminine energy. I want you to encourage. I want to encourage you to look at a black man, whether it's your husband, boyfriend, father, brother. Just look at him, touch him, whether it's a hug, whether it's a hand. Give him some of that feminine healing energy and encourage him. If you look at the average black boy in this country, he wakes up in the morning with no father in the home. His mom yelling at him and he gets to school and has a white teacher that doesn't understand him she wants him dead herself she has bad images of him in her mind you know he gets out of school police looking at him crazy you know waiting for him to fuck up who does he have in his everyday life that can relate to him you know you as his own mother can't relate to him so ladies i just want us to encourage to encourage I want to encourage my sisters I mean to use our power to recharge our men so that they can face this day to day that is our job and the more we invest in them and heal them and encourage them and replenish them the more they will be healthy and equipped to reciprocate and take care of us back you know so you know, I'm, I feel good about this week's episode. Um, I've been getting so much great feedback. I am so thankful for everything. I just need everyone to continue to send me those messages, you know, with topics you want covered, with feedback. I appreciate, you know, leaving reviews on iPodcast and Apple and I'm sorry, and Google Podcasts. Like I just, I just am so grateful for the reviews, the ratings, the more reviews and ratings, the better it is 
for everyone, the better it is for me. I appreciate and I, I'm saying thank you in advance for all the support. And um, just stay updated on my Instagram where, you know, we'll update about what topics we'll cover next week. I love y'all for real. <laughs> nah, but I love y'all like for real, for real. Like we beautiful as fuck. Like I fuck with y'all the long way. You know, any input on this week's episode, holla at me. I'll be posting some videos this week. And have a good day, everyone. I'm about to get back to mommy mode. And I will see you all next week for episode five of African American.